0: Right, so this is episode eighty-four coming uh, a lot quicker than probably a lot of you presumed it would do. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying the podcast. Um, really enjoying the podcast again now. Uh, there was a there was a period of time where I kind of I kind of ran out a little bit of not ran out of steam, but I just found myself in a place where I, do you know what I mean. I I didn't want to be repeating myself and stuff and I kind of felt like I I touched on quite a lot of things um, and also I got myself in a bit of a negative headspace as well and but yeah I kind of feel like I'm coming out of all that stuff now and and I, I, there's so much more to talk about in terms of in terms of me and what i'm doing but not only that in terms of you know the music and 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 you know the the history and stuff and and just stuff that i i like reminiscing about you know what i mean um so yeah it's episode 84 and obviously we have got pete fletcher on again how are you doing pete hey Yope. what's going on buddy <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: fuck off pete <laughs> how dare you
1: uh, no, uh, good man. So update, I did get a couple of people cracking up on my, uh, sto- my sad story of my, uh, my, <laughs> my seller definitely got some feedback on that. Uh, oh, we I, shouldn't be laughing about that, man. don't yeah, know why I'm laughing yeah, about it's that. It's definitely, it's not funny, but uh, yeah, it's going through. We'll, we'll see how that works. Uh, little update. I, I was, you know, I know today we're going to talk about some cool things like the live performance. I know you, you're moving it to Iger Studios. Wish I could be there. Uh, but uh, last night I did something similar and it was, I was thinking of you is that my wife, uh, we do like a date night once.
0: Whoa, you were thinking of me
1: when you were with your wife. Yeah, whoa, absolutely. whoa, you break! Like... <laughs> You're a little taller though. Carry on. <laughs> no, but uh, no, uh, we. Do... I,
0: I mean, I know you. I know you like me, Peter, and stuff. But that is too much information. <laughs> I'm
1: so confused. Yeah, no. Um... Sorry, <laughs> no, carry on. You don't look like my wife, but anyway, we, we do a date night once a month, and uh, and we ha- we each have to kind of design the night. So she did it last night, did an amazing job. She took me to this after dinner. We went to this place. Uh, it was in an old church, uh, and they did like a, a four person uh, four string like quartet, uh, and they did a Queen. They did covers of Queen, so it was freaking awesome. Like they just did. I mean, the whole like all the the best all the hits of Queen, but. Mm-hmm with a you know a cello and a, and violins and stuff it was freaking awesome and i just was thinking like oh yeah this is cool that you know seeing like in a small place seeing these people play something like you know that's just really cool and i, I was thinking about you going to Iger and thinking how jealous i was that i couldn't see that <laughs> did
0: you know did you know what you were being taken to
1: no, I had oh, no idea until we walked in the door and I was like and I, I'm like it was a church and I was like wait what, what is this but it's like not a real church it's actually it was like an old it's an old 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 church that now is just for like venues there's like a bar downstairs it's
0: really cool oh little. cool.
1: and uh, they had the whole place with candles like everywhere it was pretty funky I'll, I'll share a picture for you but uh, it was it was pretty intense and uh, but I had no idea until I walked in the door I was like are we getting baptized what are we doing <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I went on a little date as well, actually. We went to see uh, John Wick 4. So that's a, a little bit different to your date, but fuck me, man. That film is absolutely awesome. Massive John Wick fan. Absolutely love it. Um, But yeah, it's nice, to, the, the whole date thing and and getting out because, it, it, I mean, I've led, I've led, well, especially since the band split up, I've read a led a very, what's the word, sort of insular, life really and not really done anything like that in terms of going out and yeah you know i mean going out on dates and shit but it's it's an absolute revelation for me um but yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it kind of feels like that man it does kind of feel like that um
1: I also like but yeah. those, uh, shots of you when uh, you've been putting on Twitter, that like in your neighborhood, there's like this beautiful bridge and uh-huh. like, uh, yeah, you got some, uh, some quality of life going on these days.
0: Well, it certainly, yeah, it's, it certainly seems that way, doesn't it? I mean, it, it is absolutely stunning where I am living now. Um, and yeah, I've been putting some pics out from walks and that viaduct is up. Abs- and the weird thing is, is like, I'm actually living in a place called Nærsbøra now, um, and it, it's not really that far from Kippak's. It's only like thirty minutes away. And I remember seeing this stuff for the first time recently, and just thinking that how how the hell did I not know any of this stuff? Were there? But I mean, as I've just explained, having having led a relatively sheltered and insular life as as I kind of have over the last decade plus, really quite a long time. Um, yeah, it's it's an absolute revelation to to be in a place like this, and it's literally one of the most picturesque places i've I've seen in a in a fucking a really long time, and it's so nice being able to to walk out and and see sort of landscapes like I'm seeing at the moment, and being able to walk down to River Nid, and because the, the, the nothing quite that picturesque in Kipax. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, don't get me wrong. Kipax is a pretty place um, in its own way, but it's not. It's not as scenic as Um which is a really nice place. And I don't know, maybe some people are sat there thinking, "Oh, you bloody posh bastard," or whatever. Yeah. But don't don't get me wrong. It's not like I've come here and bought a bloody house or something like that. I'm, you know, I've I've actually moved in with someone and um, I'm sort of renting the place, so I do feel quite lucky. To be living in a place like this well yeah i haven't seen uh
1: Nasbury, but i i did see kipex i thought it was actually freaking beautiful man i walked all around and drove around and uh you know there were a couple of pretty shady characters in some of the local pubs that i thought was funny uh, oh yeah yeah but overall i really thought kipex was actually a beautiful place i mean compared to some of the cities in in the states it's <laughs> yeah i mean it's a freaking tourist attraction <laughs> Uh, uh, I wish I would have seen Nesbro, but uh, man, I, I actually really wish I was coming for the uh Iger Studios concert that you got coming up, man. That, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not that fortunate this time.
0: Well, yeah, but you will be able to tune into this Cellar Dreams live stream that I'm doing because obviously you will be getting a link for that, Pete. Even though you cannot come to the actual event itself, but. It'll be the next best thing. Yeah, I, I honestly,
1: you have not mentioned a lot about the live stream. I know you've, you've very passingly said it, and I feel like I should know more about it, but I feel like it might make sense for you to give me a little more info. So I, you're going to do a live... I know you're doing the Iger Studios that is live in person. Yeah. Are you, are you streaming that event, like, at Iger? Is that what's happening?
0: No, not streaming the event at Iger. Basically, I mean... <laughs> It kind of it's kind. I suppose it's a little bit like the whole Temple Newsom scenario, really. In a sense that, yeah, we've got this 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 one gig to do that's really big, but it you know it was kind of like, well, it's one shot to get that right, so like that, and that's where the Barrowlands came from. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like, right, okay, so so what can we do to do a little bit of a warm up for this? And that's why Barrowlands made so much sense. Uh, but obviously I'm I'm kind of on a different spectrum, a different sort of scale of things. Um so yeah, it it's came it's come come about as a result of um well actually it's another it's another member of Embrace who you know that band have done an awful lot for me in terms of uh the different people in it doing different stuff. You got Rick the Wasp helping me um sort all the tracks out, yeah, get them in the little red box thing that's actually gonna be my band. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, and then Mickey Dale, who's the keyboard player and a really, really, really talented bloke, uh, really talented producer, among many other different things. Um, he's actually got his his own studio um, in a cellar uh, at his house, and yeah, um, it came about as an opportunity to to do something there, and it's another thing as well because obviously you know. I've got patrons and the patrons have helped me fund well, everything that I do. Yeah. But among one of the things they funded is actually making this record. Um, and it's been difficult because you know I've got my manager saying, Well, you know, it's all right putting your demos for other things out, but you can't really put the demos for this out because they might get leaked. And do you know what I mean? That's gonna sort of harm who's gonna sort of purchase a physical and all those sorts of things. So I've been really looking for a way to to do something special for patrons and um it was actually my manager that suggested this uh cuz he also manages Embrace and Embrace have done some Seller of Dreams stuff which sounds great and looks great so yeah the the idea is is that I'm going to be going there on the 16th of April which is going when it's going to be broadcast still haven't actually sorted out the exact time um Because, I mean, that's the thing we're bringing this record together. There's so many different elements. And uh, like I said before, it's almost like a load of shit rolling down a hill. And then right at the last second, it all kind of takes shape. Um, So this idea came about and I just thought, yeah, man, it's it's perfect because it's going to give patrons uh, a really nice high production value treat. Um, which I'm really excited about. But also with the, with the gig being on release day, it's almost like I've got it in my mind that um, other than Dream Twister, which obviously people have heard as many times as as they have or whatever, um, but I'd like, especially my patrons, I'd like them to, to have heard it before they come to the gig, really. Do you know what I mean? So that, I don't know, I mean, I'd imagine for most people when you go see a band live, the, the stuff you've already heard is the stuff that kind of resonates more. You've got, you've had chance oh, yeah. to, to live with it and stuff. So I just thought it would be a good way of patrons being able to uh, effectively hear, hear the record uh, before coming to the gig. And then I just think they'll enjoy it more. Um, Potentially, do you know what I mean? So they sort of they know the music a little bit better. Um. So yeah, that's that's going to be really cool. As I say, it's a a really fancy studio. it has got down there, and there's loads of different cameras and stuff. And it's going to be really, it's going to be, it's going to be really enjoyable doing it. Really, really excited about it. But also as much as anything, it's going to be the perfect sort of practice run for me yeah. because I mean, I, you know how neurotic I am about these sorts of things. I'm obsessed with this gig being right. And some people are like, well, you know, it's kind of a moment in time, isn't it? And then it passes and they're like using that as justification for it to possibly be a bit, you know, it do not matter if I make mistakes, but that. That's kind of, it 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 gives a polar opposite message to me. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, if it is a moment in time and then it's gone, it's got to be fucking right. Hmm. And, um, you, you know, you can practice as much as you want, which I've been doing. I've been stepping up practice and, um, doing that sort of two times a day and really try to build up that muscle memory that, that gets you through things. Cause obviously as I described, um, the way i sort of wrote this record in conjunction with james the things were kind of written and then done if you know what i mean in terms of me playing them i kind of recorded them as i was writing them and so i haven't built up the muscle memory to be at playing so yeah i've been going through the set loads building up the me- muscle memory for those moments where your brain wanders and i love it though because it, it's working and that's the main thing like there's there's i've been sort of a few weeks ago while going through the set, you, you know, you're making mistakes and you're getting so into the chorus of Summit that you forget the verses coming and you do, your fingers just aren't prepared and then you fall over yourself trying to get there in time and then you're just like, what the fuck is going on? I can't even remember what I'm playing now. So the idea is you, you build up that muscle memory that, you know, say you are going off on one and really getting into a chorus there's something in the back of your brain that knocks on your bloody brain and says, "Hey, up, dickhead! You need to be, you need to be ready for this okay. in a few seconds." And then all of a sudden, you're like, "Oh, brilliant!" And then you know, I'm I'm making all the cues, getting um, uh, playing it all right, and yeah, it's that's that's really great, and that gives me a lot of confidence because that's the. That, I think that's the thing I struggle with in, in lots of ways. Um, especially in sort of performing live. Um, and especially in a scenario where there aren't other people on stage to I don't know, for to draw attention away. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like I just want it to be perfect. So yeah, so um for people who might not know what we're talking about, I'm doing um a Badlands on fire live stream from the Seller of Dreams, uh, and that is going out on April sixteenth. And yeah, you can tune into that if you want by joining Patreon on tiers three or four. So that's like the fifteen dollar tier or the twenty dollar tier. And that will get you um, as part of the patron perks, that will get you access to the live to that live stream. And then obviously, as well as that, you'll I'll be I'd be sending you some of the most recent songs that are put out via Patreon. Also, you there's the the standard weekly live stream that I do just from my bedroom. Um, but yeah, it's a great community I've got going on, man. And yeah, people people do come and go from Patreon, but that's that's based on everyone's personal circumstances. Do you know what I mean? Like, people might uh, be in a position. For a few months where they can afford to be part of it and and then they might sort of back off and then they might come back again when they've got a bit more money so yeah. do you know what i mean it, it, it's not something you are tied into so if if anyone um was looking at the live stream and thinking you know I'd, I'd really like to see that you could just sign up to patreon for like a one month if you wanted and then cancel and that would entitle you um to get the the live, the celery dreams live stream, which, as I say, is going to be, it's going to be a high production value. It's going to sound great. It's going to look great. Um, so yeah, if anyone out there did want to to get that, you can join on tier three and four, and you you would do that by going to any of my socials uh, and to my bio and to the link tree in my bio. And I think it's at the bottom of the link tree um, is the patron link to to join up as part of that. Now I will say that all existing patrons are going to get it, uh, regardless of tiers. So tier one, two, three, and four. If you've, you know, if you if you are already a patron and have been for a while, yeah, of course you get it, man. Um, but yeah, if you are a new patron signing up, you need to be on tier three or tier four. To, to get that and you know if you signed up to patron you can fluctuate through tiers if you want so you could be on one tier one month and then you could lower it down if if you wanted to um it's just it it's a great way to support me and it's how it's effectively how i make my living yeah. you know what i mean is via the patron which um I suppose it's a, a delicate ballet, really, because, you know, as I say, people do come and go and sometimes I've got more patrons than, than other times. Um, But yeah, I, I just thought it'd be a really nice thing to give back to all my existing patrons and to possibly make people, you know, think, oh, well, I might sign up for that, even if it's just for a month. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And uh, you would get that live stream as part of it. So yeah, I'm going to be play, playing through the album from start to finish in the order it is on the record. Very much like like the, the gig is going to be. It's very much going to be a dry run for the gig. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I, I love the uh, weekly live streams, uh, which are just cool to see you like figure out new things. That's really cool. One of the really cool patron perks he did was the um, the live stream of the music's uh, Temple Newsome, uh, mm. the video, the full video uh, that Ross put together, You know, the compilation of the fan footage, and then also the stuff that came from uh, from the actual crew at Temple Newsome. And it was mm-hmm. really cool because it was just for patrons, but also the band was in there, and we got to actually like chat um, with the band and, and you and everybody um and yeah the patrons and j- just like it was like watching the show together live mm-hmm. i thought that was really cool it was a very cool uh cool opportunity that only happened from being on a patron so uh, i actually watched that the other day and actually yesterday and i was like jeez i forgot how freaking good uh no
0: danger sounded it was ridiculous yeah i mean we're getting to the point where it's, ne- it's nearly a year since all that crazy. aren't we yeah, really yeah, soon. It's going to be a year. Early. Yeah. I mean, to be fair though, that just that wasn't just patrons, although all my patrons were in there. That was actually people who'd pre-ordered the record ah, as well at okay. that point that, w- that were in that live stream. But yeah, of course, all my patrons were in there. Uh, absolutely. So yeah, that's happening on April 16th, which is very, very, very close to the gig. Do you know what i mean it's all it's all getting really close now but yeah there's a couple of more announcements in terms of the gig as well that i'm going to be making soon and you know a cheeky little support slot that's going to be really really exciting really excited about that um a few djs and stuff like that um so i'll be announcing that stuff as soon as i've worked out the finer points of it um is dan
1: Aykroyd going to be the uh support slot
0: do you know I haven't spoken to Dan Aykroyd since well since school really since the end of like A levels and all that and it's something that does flash over my mind all the time. Because funnily enough, like when when we were in Soundworks and actually at Iger, I think, was it just at Soundworks, uh, his mum used to work at Sainsbury's and I'd always stop off at Sainsbury's before going down to the studio and get myself a load of fucking rotisserie chicken, a bag of Caesar fucking salad. And then I'd just rip the rotisserie chicken to bits, throw it in the Caesar salad bag, and there you go, you got a fucking chicken Caesar <laughs> But his mum always worked there and I'd, I'd see his mum there and she'd always say, oh, yeah, how are you doing? Dan's doing all right. But, um, yeah, like I said, I think for a long time I was just a really sort of insular person. So, I mean... If I were in that scenario now, I'd be like, give me his number. Give me his number. I'll give him a ring. Do you know what I mean? I haven't spoke to him for fucking years. Although those sorts of situations can be a bit weird, can't they? When you've not seen someone for that long and they turn up and you're just like, whoa. But no, man, Dan Aykroyd was an absolute legend, real understated lad. Um, And yeah, I'd love to hook up with him and have a conversation with him. But no, he's not the support slot, no. No, he's not the support <laughs> slot. Uh, I will be announcing that soon, though. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really excited about it, and I really hope to see as many of you there as possible, really. Um, that's going to be really, really cool. And at the same time, a little disconcerting. Well, not disconcerting in a bad way, but I don't know. It's I've never been in a position where there's been a load of people in front of me who listen to my podcast. Do you know what I mean? Other than at Temple Newsom, obviously, but there's a bit of separation there, yeah. so it's not like. Do you know what I mean? I sometimes say things on this podcast. I, I, I'm quite open in general, I, do you know what I mean? And there's something about sitting and talking to a computer that, or you know, sitting talking to, to a computer and to you on the computer where you don't really feel sort of where it's going if you know what I mean. But I think it's going to be being in a room full of people who like listen to the podcast and stuff. It's just going to be, it's, it's going to have a strange element to it. Not, not in a bad way. Just, I think all of a sudden I'm going to feel very exposed. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, Oh fucking hell. All these people like listen to my podcast and that, but that, that is an amazing thing. And, um, You know, I still do love doing this. And I know I explained at the start that I've been through some stuff where I've found it kind of difficult to get into the right headspace to do this. Uh, And you've been incredibly hard to get hold of, Pete, at times. Uh, But yeah, it, it does feel really good to to keep doing more of these and yeah you know i love i love talking about the music and stuff and focusing on that and also talking about my own stuff and also just talking about life in general um although i'd you know i'd there's time there's times where i get stuck in my head and just think oh people only want to hear about the music stuff and they're not interested in anything else and it can be
1: i'm very interested
0: in hearing you tearing a a rotisserie chicken and throw it in
1: (laughs) (laughs) that fascinates me i'm not gonna lie
0: Well, do, do you have a problem
1: with that? No, I just find it hilarious. Like I could just literally see you with your bare hands, like ripping into the chicken, and I just, yeah, yeah, that's hilarious to me. <laughs> that's what I'm here for.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. You also said uh, you were
1: going to uh, have uh, you were you were debating on on whether to not to use headphones, for, oh. like, uh for the Iger Studios thing, like because you know, the in ears are different than uh, wearing the
0: big old cans,
1: as they say in in the biz.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, this is the thing. It's working out all these finer points because I've never done this on my own. Do you know what I mean? Like, usually, if it's the music thing, there's a pool of people you can you can pull from who can help you with these things. And yeah, I've, I've got a good enough relationship with all those guys where I can kind of contact them and, and ask them bits of stuff. But yeah. it's always the case where you get into a conversation like that and you think you've, kind of outlined everything and then you come away from the conversation and you're like, oh shit, I've still got like a hundred questions. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that answered some of my questions, but there's still a myriad more because I just don't have any of the technical production knowledge. I mean, you know, I get up on there and play, but the whys and wherefores of how that happens and monitoring and all that shit, no, I've never been involved in that. And also, yeah, man, you know, the budget is tight. What can I say? Fucking money is tight. And it's it literally comes down to stuff like that. It's like you know I've got these AKG seven oh ones, which are great headphones, but I just don't know. And maybe that's people can offer their opinions on this uh, in reply to the the episode tweet on Twitter. But I can't work out whether it looks naff, man like wearing pants yeah. well, I mean, like we, this. We look
1: like Martians a little bit. I mean, you, you definitely have a different look, you know. But I, I don't I don't have a problem with that. Like I have these in-ears, hold on, I have some in-ears right here. And I, 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 when I first started doing more video stuff for work, you know, you got these in-ears uh, mm-hmm. that I'm showing you on the camera here. They don't sound as good and I can't really get a full understanding of the quality of the audio and then the other thing yeah, i have yeah, is yeah. That i bought the, this microphone this over the over the scene over the top microphone that's not going to be in the scene of the video and this thing is mm-hmm. way more expensive than the one i'm talking on but it doesn't sound as good because it's too far away and those little things yeah. drive me crazy so i've given up and said you know what i don't care i'm putting my big ugly cans on and i'm gonna split well, right into fit. this mic and i don't care what anybody thinks <laughs>
0: I mean, I suppose it's a little bit different when you're podcasting and that. I mean, people yeah. would expect to see, you know, see you with headphones on, but um, it's the sort of things I worry about. They're the sort of things I worry about. Do you know what I mean? Like I've been rehearsing the set with these headphones because I always find within ears that they just, they they irritate me. Yeah. I used to use in ears with the music uh, for a, for a period of time, but they just pissed me off. the th- The issue I've got really is that I've got to be able to hear a click. Yeah. So because I'm playing to tracks that are on my little WAV box, like there is a click running alongside that. So like in a normal scenario, like with the music, I'd never play with a click. Phil would play to click. Sure. So Phil would have the click in his ears, then I would play off Phil and everyone else would play off Phil rhythmically. But obviously in this scenario, I haven't got that. So I need to be able to hear click on the night and hear it nice and comfortably. And because if I do it, you know, you end up up fucking shit creek if you if you can't hear the click properly and then you get lost in terms of where you are in the track. Do you know what I mean? It's a very different way of doing things. So I need I can't have click blasting out of my monitors how about i have a suggestion what if you
1: had phil come and play click in his ears and then you could just play (laughs) on phil Uh,
0: very funny very (laughs) um yeah so usually i just have monitors so for anyone who doesn't know monitors uh if you ever look at a stage and the little the little black wedges that are in front of all musicians on stage they're what's called monitors and they are playing back whatever we want really yeah so you know in terms of artists and and performing artists your monitors are what make or break a gig and there's plenty of occasions where people who don't know anything about the business don't know anything about singing or anything like that they'll watch a performance and they'll hear someone who they think they can sing really well but they sound fucking awful no they can't sing and then this whole meme will start about no they can't sing the fucking shit it will have been a performance where the monitors were shit. Yeah. Trust me. There's a famous, I think there's a famous Eurovision one um, where someone's just in the totally the wrong key. That's a monitoring issue. That's nothing to do with the talent, the quality, or the ability of the singer. If you can't hear what you are supposed to be singing to, accurately, you are fucked. I don't care if you're Frank Sinatra or fucking whoever you want. Do you know what I mean? It it just frustrates me sometimes. Don't get me wrong, there are fucking shit singers out there who can't sing no matter what they can hear. But there are uh, millions and millions of examples of uh, people not in the know talking with authority, saying that person can't sing. It's like, no, 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 no. You just witnessed a performance with terrible monitors. Sound is a funny thing, and especially bass. Bass is the worst for this. Now, what can happen with basses? I mean, it's not so it's not so bad with more topper end frequencies and more top-end instruments. The clarity of the note and the pitch and everything is much more apparent. Bass is a fucking nightmare. You can listen to bass and think, right, that's the key. I know where I am. And you blah, blah, blah. You're playing along happy as Larry. And then there'll be something else in the mix. Just something else that has um, a note to it and all of a sudden your heart sinks because you're like, oh, shit, I'm in the wrong fucking key. Do you know what I mean? And that can happen all the time. So, for example, our Strength in Numbers tour at the start of uh, what song was it? Uh, The Spike at the start of the spike because the spike starts with bass you've got that little loop and then it comes in with the bass and the drums with the bass being the predominant instrument um, and the other thing is Stu always used to have his bass amp really fucking loud do you know what I mean and to the point where it would literally vibrate the stage but as a result of that it, I think it was our, the first night of that tour we played, we played the spike and Rob sang the first verse in totally the wrong key and it was it, it wasn't till it got to that bridge part where i do that really subtle little riff before it kicks in that he actually managed to hear the pitch properly and i didn't even twig either because otherwise i'd have tapped him and been like mate you're, you're singing it wrong key but that's because it, it was the bass that started that song so what we had to do for the rest of the nights of that tour was before that track started I'd just play a couple of notes on my guitar that would give Rob the reference because otherwise you're trying to sing to a frequency that is very easily misidentified As I say bass just has that characteristic where pulling out the pitch and understanding what pitch and key it's in is really fucking difficult Sure. Do you know what I mean? It's not like having, you know, someone playing guitar where the, the pitch is apparent. There's, there's, there's nothing about that frequency that's going to get masked. Um, whereas bass is a fucking nightmare. And then that, that's just one aspect of it. You've got a lot more other aspects that play into monitoring, correct monitoring, and whether you hear things properly. And then it comes down to monitor engineers. And that's why monitor engineers are the most, well, apart from your front of house guys, who do the sound out front. But monitor engineers are the most, like, sought-after people in this business, good ones. Do you know what I mean? When you've got a good monitor engineer, you can relax on stage because you know there's going to be no problems. You know you know that you're going to be able to hear everything crystal clear and exactly as you need to. Another example for me is uh, strength in numbers. That's a, that's a key one for me where the monitor guy really has to be on it. Because the rhythm, so strength starts with that uh, and that fades up, Um, so if I can't hear that really nice and clearly, and the other thing you have to bear in mind as well is strength in numbers is well into the set, by which point your ears are quite tired, Mm. so it's not just the volume that's important, it's the frequency. So whenever it gets to strength in numbers, I'm looking at the monitor engineer because he knows exactly what I want. I want that sequencer. I want to be able to hear it. So he's straight on his individual faders for me because we all have our own mix. That's what a monitor engineer does. They give each person on the stage exactly what they want to hear. Yeah, Um, more voice, more drums. Exactly, exactly. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Special mix just for you. Yeah, Yeah, because everyone wants something different, right? You know what I mean? I only really want Phil most yeah. of the time. I don't need much of Rob because I can I can hear that coming from front of house anyway, and I don't really I don't really need much of Stu because Stu's bass amps usually fucking vibrate the very foundation of the uh, the building you are in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I don't need that in my monitors. All I need is loads of me, loads of Phil, and then a little bit of track. But like like I say, for strength in numbers. I need that sequencer, I need it fucking loud and I need it really bright. Because as I I say, you have two different things at play again. You have volume and then you have um, the EQ side of things. So your bass, your treble, your middle, all that sort of stuff. Um, So if for example, if at the point he's fading that sequencer up for me, if it's really muddy and and it's just all bass, that's fucking useless to me yeah it's got to be nice and bright with loads of mids and enough treble so it cuts through my tired ears because obviously at, at, you know when you've already been playing for an hour and it's loud your ears get fatigued so a good monitor engineer is worth the weight in absolute gold because they are the person that keeps everyone happy yeah do you know what i mean they're the person that ensures that the singer can sing in key and all that sort of stuff that person that ensures that the drummer can hear the click that the better, that everyone gets what they want through the monitor engineer really you know and we we use the best in the business dave skelton um it was absolutely incredible he's doing all the inhaler stuff these days a band that never seems to stop touring um but yeah that it's it's absolutely vital so i'm sort of I've had a few conversations with Dave, as I say, Dave Skelton. I've rang him and been like, mate, because I even said to him, I'm like, mate, like, will you come down to this Iger gig for me? And I'll pay you whatever I can. Do you know what I mean? And he's like, oh, mate, honestly, I would love to, I'd love to, but I'm, I'm away with Inhaler, Uh, which, you know, it's fair enough. And that's the other thing about that life, man, like you can't turn work down. Do you know what I mean? When you, when you're hot in that business and a band is like touring and touring and touring, you know, we lost our tour manager for the Temple News and stuff um, because he got a big offer from James Bay. Yeah. Who I don't really know, but I'm aware that he's big, isn't he? Have you heard of James Bay? No. All oh, right. Well, maybe he's not that big anyway. I'm pretty sure he's.
1: Don't use me as the as the. Uh,
0: no, no, I won't use if, if it's not the Foo Fighters, you've never heard of him. So yeah. that's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that you know that 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 happens in this business, and to be honest, that was some of the things that were difficult about putting Temple Newsam together. It was the fact it was only one gig, and fair enough, it was you know Barrowlands as well, two gigs. But look, th- them lads are interested in that. Them lads want like a year's work, two years work. Six months solid touring, twelve months solid touring. Do you know what I mean? Because they've all got mortgages to pay and that. So if you've got, if you know, if you've got a job that's running for a year, you can't, and you know, you can't exactly be like, well, I'm off for three days because I'm going to go do this. The music gig. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you can get them situations to work because people arrange cover for themselves. Do you know what I mean? Because there's enough people in this industry, sound engineers, monitor engineers, lighting engineers the whole, kit and caboodle, guitar techs, and they all know each other so they can call in cover when they need. But yeah, man, you have to understand that that sort of stuff happens, especially when you're only doing one show. And yeah, that so these are the obstacles that I'm dealing with and getting back to the original point, which was headphones, cans or whatever. I just don't know if it looks naff on stage. Are you spending this much time worrying about your outfit as well? Or <laughs> no, I can't give a fuck about that. No. I don't give a goddamn okay. in that side of things. Um it's just no, I'm I'm worried about how I'm gonna how I'm gonna hear click. And how I'm going to hear guitar, because without getting too technical, which I don't really like doing on it, I don't want to alienate people, but there are a couple of different scenarios and none of them are perfect. Like one scenario gives me all the click and all the track that I want, but no guitar. And it's like, well, I mean, I suppose I could get away with just hearing the ambient guitar outside of my headphones in the room, but no, man, I want to fucking enjoy it. Exactly. I want to enjoy it. So these are all the, the avenues that I'm trying to get right going into this gig because it is only one gig and I don't want to get to the end of it and be like, fuck, I wish I'd have done that or I wish I'd have done it like this or whatever. Um, And I just know that if if I use these style headphones rather than the in-ears, um, it's going to give me... A little bit more comfort and flexibility, primarily because I've been rehearsing it like this. Unless I go out now and 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 buy a set of in ears, but man, like I ain't joking. Things are getting tight, Dude, and I can't. No one's I, gonna think twice. I would. Well, that that's it. it man. I don't think,
1: like you said, things are tight. I, I would not. Uh, I would not spend the expense. They don't look bad anyway. But I mean, it's it doesn't matter even if they did. I mean, you're. I would put as much thought of that as to what shoes you're going to wear. You know, like, because no one cares about that. They're just gonna be, they're gonna be excited to see you. They're gonna be loving the music that you're playing. Yeah, and, uh, it, that's really what it's there for. So
0: it's not something I'd, uh, I'd ever have dreamt of doing with the music, but I wouldn't need to because I wouldn't need to isolate that click. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Totally. So I, I can't have click blasting out of my wedges out yeah. of my monitor because you'll hear it in the room, and you're not supposed to hear the click. The yeah, click would be a weird. Yeah. The click is to keep me in time, make me know where I am in the song, what point I'm at in the song. All it's not, you know, it's not something that the audience is meant to hear. Yeah, it, it's just a quandary of, oh man, do I wear? Do I wear these headphones? Do I go invest in some in ears? And yeah, I mean, look, I'd love to do more gigs, and I hope it's a possibility to be able to do more gigs. But it's a, it's a difficult thing to just presume i'm going to be able to do that look if i had a taught if i had like load of dates scheduled yeah it would make sense to to go all right let's let's invest in a nice compact discreet uh set of in-ear monitors and whatever else i need to go with that but in the sort of diy freewheeling nature of how i'm doing this that's kind of that's difficult. That's dif- It's difficult to just look at the one show and be like, "Fuck, man, this. If I do, if I do this how I want to do it, yeah, it's gonna cost me a lot of money. I mean, even after I've got the ticket money or whatever, even after I have fucking sold merch, I'll still be out of pocket if I invest in the shit that I really need to do this gig the way I want to do it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? To do it like the 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 proper way. Uh, and have uh, have things as I would be used to them so it's it, it, it's all these things you've got to you've got to weigh up in this scenario and I know this sort of information might be boring to people or might be like taking away some of the mystique of it but as a DIY artist looking to do this sort look you know I have no team. Apart from Ross and Nicola as a creative team, yeah, and and the music manager Tony Perry, who's helping me, it's not like I've got loads of people I can consult and liaise with, or even or even get any sort of back financial backing from. Yeah, Do you know, what I mean, again, it's 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 patrons that are effectively paying through this through the the monthly subscriptions or, on and all the money that I got at of Temple Newsom. but my fucking god, all, all that has gone. Yeah. Into yeah. making these products that's on my yeah. talent and store. Yeah, that's a what I mean? I mean, project
1: for sure. I mean, uh,
0: yeah, absolutely, man. And I don't wanna I don't wanna hark on about it constantly and try and uh, and I don't know if I am really, but I, it's not something I want to ram down people's throats, but it is a case of look, you you're gonna have to cut me some slack in some regards because I am doing this just like a, a DIY artist, and money's coming out of my my own pocket do you know what i mean my life savings this isn't money that i fucking found on street or some shit yeah or some or someone's lent me and gone ah you don't have to pay me back don't worry about it do you know what i mean free i thought it was all free this stuff (laughs) okay just kidding exactly man do you know what i mean exactly no it's you know uh, it's cost me a fucking fortune and don't get me wrong it's not about that it's not about that, but at the same time, these are the little decisions that you've got to make along the way that um, that you know that 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 determine things like this. You know, do I invest in fucking some discreet in ears, or do I wear my big fucking headphones that I know are going to stay on my head and not fall out of my ears, and I know I'm going to be able to hear everything right? And it's I know it's it's probably a strange thing to worry about, but. I don't know. I think given the type of music it is, you know, it's like fucking chilled out soundscapes and stuff. I don't think it I don't think it really matters nah. too much, to be honest. Like I said, it's not something I do with the music because I want after. Uh but when I'm having to work all this stuff out for myself, I mean, there's still loads of stuff to work out. There's still loads of stuff, and it's just I'm just I'm just kind of like um I, I I hope a few other things become a little bit clearer closer to the time. I've got a few conversations scheduled with a few people, but it's a bit awkward as well. Cause Dave, uh, who I garden with, he got in touch with me the other day and he's like, are you ready? Ready for gardening? Let's do and I'm this. like, Fuck no, do you know what I mean? Like I I'd, I'd love to make, I have got no fucking time. I've got absolutely no time. Like the amount of stuff I need to do be, between now and release day and gig day, because it's not just release day. It's gig day as well. Do you know what I mean? If it was just release day, it'd be like, okay, I've got these things in order. That's going to be there at that time. I mean, on some of this stuff, we're talking tight time margins. Do you know what I mean? Some of this stuff is only just going to be ready in time. Only just going to be ready in time. So, And then uh, at the same time as all that, it's having to effectively by myself um, work out how all this gigs gonna work. yeah do you know what I mean And I know that that we've spent a long time there talking effectively about headphones but I don't know maybe it gives some people a bit more of an insight into how it works being on a stage because I, I suppose actually it's not something we've ever really looked at really the sort of what what you know what people need on a stage but that was that was definitely one thing I did want to say to all these people who look at someone on a stage singing awfully. Um, Yeah, granted, sometimes it'll be because they're shit. But mostly, mostly in that scenario, it will be a severe monitor issue. And the trouble is in some scenarios as well, especially if you don't have eye contact with your monitor engineer. And even then, eye contact isn't always enough if you don't have a direct line of communication. And even I struggle with that. And I came up with some really basic symbols that I could do really quickly. Do you know what I mean? So if if I want the hi hat louder as part of the drum kit, you know, the hi hats, I'd very quickly I'd get the monitor's attention with my eyes and then just tap my tap the top of my head. And he knew that meant I needed new uh, more hi hat. Or if I couldn't hear the kick drum, the bass drum, I'd get his attention and stamp the floor and he'd be like, right, he needs more kick. Do you know what I mean? But then, then you find yourself, you're playing this riff and you're like, right, okay, I've got I've got half a second to point to the instrument I want and then point to whether I want it up or down. Do you know what I mean? So there's like a fucking skill to that where you're like, shit, I've got to get this riff out. Then I need to point at Rob and point up so he knows that I want more of Rob. Um, But like whenever, because a lot of people who've been to our shows as the music will have probably seen me like lose my shit on stage quite a few times a point i mean that point. you yeah yeah you and that down <laughs> yeah that will always be monitor related that yeah. it will always be monitor related because there's a you can only do so much yeah. you can only do so much when you're in the middle of a song and if if, if it's as simple as hi-hats up bass down if it's stuff up and down, you're generally all right. But if you need to communicate any more than that, you're fucked. Yeah, exactly. That's usually when I lose my fucking head is when you're like, shit, this ain't right. This ain't right. And what he's done and not fixed it. And then eventually you just go, well, I can't fucking do all about it in and so then call until fucking end it song. So it'll just have to fucking stay shit. So
1: there it is. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're a that the moment did that. he was playing a gig, and the 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 monitor engineer mistakenly put the house music in his in ears. So oh, while he was playing, he was listening to house music that was supposed <laughs> to just be stopped and so he was playing his music while listening to like some track of another song and he was yeah. so pissed man but he couldn't tell him he was like he, it was hard to communicate that to people while he was on stage
0: exactly so was, you know, like, exactly through, and that's the play other playthrough.
1: through
0: <laughs> yeah that's the other thing about the way i'm doing it at Iger. uh every other gig i've ever done in my life it's you know like this there's always a separate um, so, you know, it, in like the music situation or any full band situation, the monitor engineer is on stage. They are on stage, usually to the left or to the right, more often than not, over to the left, um, out of everyone's shot. And they've got an entire sound desk, like the front of house desk. So when you're out in the middle of the venue looking at the stage and you see that guy who's doing the sound, there's another version of him at the side of the stage, right? And as I've explained, it's his job to do the sound for our monitors. Now, he has no control over front of house. He's got no control over what the audience is hearing, although there does come a point, and especially with someone like me, where you have your monitors that fucking loud, that um, it does start to bleed out into the rest of the room, so there's a balance to be found there. In the same way that there is, I mean, we are getting quite technical, but fuck it. Um, You know, like, if if I have my guitar amps, too loud, then that fucks everything. In the same way that if the bass amp is too loud, because if the source is too loud, there's no way you can go. You can't go down, you can only go as a as a front of house engineer doing the sound for the audience. If the guitar is too loud on stage, either out of the amp itself and or the monitors, that totally screws the front of house guy. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because he's like, Well, I there's nothing I can do here. I can turn the guitar off in terms of what's coming that out the speaker yeah. front, but it's still fucking louder than everything else because yeah. A, he's got his amp so loud, <laughs> and B, he's got the monitor engineer to crank his guitar out through his monitors. So there's all sorts of scenarios. Um, you know, it's a term I use a lot, but it is a delicate ballet in terms of getting a gig sound right. So, yeah, the, uh, so the, the problem with this gig that I'm doing is the the monitors in this scenario are actually done from front of house. Mm. So the guy who's doing the sound for the whole room is also doing my monitors. Okay, That's a scenario I'm not used to. And it's a potentially dangerous one because at least if someone's at the side of the stage even if I'm not fucking screaming at him or whatever, I can at some point walk over to him and have a quick conversation in between songs. Yeah. But if, you know, when there's a, unless we have fucking two-way radios or something, the guy is going to be through the crowd at front of house. Yeah. So I'm not going to be able to easily communicate anything to him in regards to my monitors. So I'm, I'm literally still trying to work that out. Mm. And there's, there's, you know, several different options. I might end up having a little uh, mixing desk on stage myself where I take outputs from my Kemper, which is my guitar, and then the little red Roland box, which is my band, and then and I can take the click out of the little red Roland box, and then I can adjust that to my heart's content, and I don't have to worry about the monitor engineer. So that's that's one aspect of it. But then, like I say, it's a case of all right. So I've got my desk there. What am I plugging into it? Am I plugging these massive headphones in? Am I plugging a pair of in-ears in? How long's the fucking headphone wire going to be? Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. all these sorts of questions that just rattle round my head. And yeah, if I were in a scenario where I had crew and I had a proper production manager and things like that, you don't need to worry too much because you know, when you get down there, you can literally go, right, this is my problem. These are my problems. Please find a solution. And people who know what they're doing are like, Shut up, dickhead. That's not a problem. All you do is that. Yeah. And you're like, oh, thank God. Do you know what I mean? It was exactly like the Temple News and stuff when I didn't have a clue how to work that Kemper. I knew how to work it to a degree. Right. But in terms of really getting into it and working it out, I didn't have a clue. And like, I was proper shitting myself for ages thinking, oh, fucking hell, I hope someone here knows what to do with this. And literally the first production rehearsals walked into... You know, I'm going up to the guitar amp tech and going, do you know how to work Kempers? And he's like, yeah, of course, of course I do. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Thank God, do you know what I mean? All this worrying that I've been doing is yeah. for nothing.
1: Well, yeah, man, I hope it does work out. I mean, I know that, you know, I've seen so many different people set up with single monitors doing house and back. And I know there's a lot. those guys are unsung heroes, the, the sound engineers that do all that stuff. And uh, I hope with this gig, it all works out. I'm jealous. As I said, I'm not going to be there to see it in person, but uh, something tells me with your level of practicing and communication with these guys, I'm sure it's going to be freaking awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm I, I, I'm just
0: jealous of everybody that gets to see it live well i honestly wish you were coming mate i really really do Do you know what i mean you've been such an integral part of of everything that's happened to me over the last two and a half years or however long it's been and you know you talk about unsung heroes in terms of and you are right you know sound engineers and that they make or break a gig and without doubt they are unsung heroes but you're a bit of an unsung hero in terms of the impact that you've had on everything that I've been doing. Or maybe, maybe you get more than enough praise and I should back the fuck up off that and just. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, Never mind, am unsung hero.
0: Piss off. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, no man, you, you, you know, you, I'd love, I'd love, uh, I'd love for you to be there on the night. It'd be awesome. But you know, there's the next best thing with the seller of dreams, live stream. Yeah. Um, And the beauty of that as well is there's much more control over that because we'll be able to set everything up beforehand and... And yeah, I'll be able to do a sound check at Iger, but different, thing, different things present themselves as issues in a live scenario, whereas when you're in a studio, sort of broadcasting that, it's just a little bit different, a little bit more control. And yeah, it should be, I'm really looking forward to that. And um, yeah, if, like I say, if anyone does want to tune into that live stream, all you've got to do is uh, become a patron, even if you just want to become a patron for the month, uh, just to... Um, just to get access to that live stream and you never know, you you know, you might get involved in the community and find it something you really enjoy and stick around for a bit and... Um like you know um but yeah it's going to be fun i am very very nervous ross ross is very very nervous as well um but yeah i, I i'm really looking forward to to getting all the art set, set up how ross is happy with it and seeing everything in the frames because i don't know if people saw on my socials recently um ross has just got the pieces back from the framers and yeah i suppose like putting a frame on a piece of art is like the the icing on the cake to some degree, but it really does transform those images. I mean, the fucking incredible anyway, but seeing them framed is amazing. So that's going to be awesome uh, that people come down to the show and we'll be able to take them through to the exhibition room or whatever the fuck we're going to call it. It's a practice room, but we're going to dress it nice. And yeah, man, no, it's going to be really good. It's going to be really good. Uh, really looking forward to it. And hopefully I can get my headphone click, monitor, dilemma, sorted. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think that I'll uh, probably do it for this episode. But, yeah, I'm enjoying getting more into the swing of things. And, um, yeah, um, I might t- start touching a little bit more on sort of where I'm living and how my life has changed and things like that in, in the near future. Um, I know there was a big period where I did go quiet. Um, but, yeah, man, I feel like I'm back now. and loving doing these podcasts again and going to try and keep them regular as possible and that's the thing man like i always want something i can get into in terms of a topic do you know what i mean like there's always got to be something like an anchor for the episode where you can i i've got a lot to say about it and you know people who've been listening to me all this time know that there's quite a few things i've got a lot to say on so yeah, um, uh, yeah, I'm really really enjoying doing the podcast again, really enjoying hooking up with Pete and being a bit more forceful, squeezing time out of him because I know how busy he is. Um, but yeah, as as usual, thank you so much to to everyone who listens to the podcast. Uh really means the world to us. Uh, we've been doing it um, since November 2020. The first episode was the 2nd of November 2020. So yeah, we've been doing it for a while now. And um There's still stuff to talk about, still stuff to cover. I realize there's stuff that I talked about in my YouTube videos that was only skimmed over. And, you know, I always think that stuff's off limits because I talked about it on the YouTube videos. But there's a lot more to be said about all that sort of stuff. But either way, yeah, thank you to everyone who listens and another extra special thank you um to all my patrons, everyone that supports me. And yeah, I hope all you guys are gonna be tuning in to the Cellar of Dreams live stream on the sixteenth of April. I will confirm times in terms of when that's gonna be going out. But that won't be a one and done thing. It will be a live stream and then like the Temple News and stream, it will stay up and you can watch it as many times as you want. So it's it, you know, if you are if you are busy on the sixteenth as a patron and you don't get to see it live, as soon as it's finished, it will be available to, to view at your leisure. So yeah, um, that'll do it for this episode. And thank you so much to everyone for listening. Thank you. Hey, sounds great, man.